Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Yeah, I'll give you just a second to uh, share the peace with one another. Peace to you all in this house. Peace be with you. Great to have Pastor Drew with us. That's so awesome. Peace to all of you in your homes. Or, uh, you know, listen, take a minute and uh, and text somebody. Just say, the peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. And they might be like, what in the world? Why are you texting me this weird thing? But it's such a beautiful thing and a great way to start a conversation of faith to just say, hey, man, I just my church shares the peace. And so I wanted to share it with you. Just felt like you might need that today. You never know who's sitting there holding their phone, reading bad news right now. And then, boom, you share the peace with them or you share this Facebook link with them or something where they can have a little time to worship God in this awesome and new way. Hey, just a note from your pastor. okay? Uh, I want to just encourage you to be taking the kind of precautions that you and your family can to be safe. We're seeing a lot of this coronavirus stuff still going on. It's far from over. It seems like, listen, please take precautions and do what you can to be careful for yourself and for others. And uh, wear a mask, wash your hands, do all the things that you're supposed to do to keep folks safe around you. Um, Just a reminder, God is with you, uh, but it's also, uh, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test, right, Pastor Drew? think that's in there too. So so please take those precautions. All right. Now, now that you got your phones out, get your phones out, get ready to text me. Here's my question for you all. I want to know. <laughs> now, I realize that I'm setting myself up for a great disaster here, but I want to know what home smells like to you. What are the smells that when you're like, I smell that, it reminds me of, I'm now careful because I see some of my, I got like 13 year olds in the room here, it feels like, who are coming up with some really great things. But text me or put it up in the chat. I want to see what those are. Listen, I miss you all. I miss you terribly. Terribly. I saw uh, saw Nancy in the uh, in the Costco yesterday, and dude, we stood in the middle of the aisle and got like like uh, like human honked at, where people like, excuse me, pardon me, because we were like just talking. We we're like, we haven't seen each other in so long. I just want to know what's going on with you and your family. I miss y'all terribly. So talk to me, text, chat, send something in. I'll tell you about a couple of mine. That uh, <clears throat> one of the things that always smells like home for me is that uh, it's this perfume. I think it's by. Uh, it's Estee Lauder. Am I saying that right? It's called Beautiful. And it smells like my grandmother. And it's the strangest thing. Like if you're walking through a mall and you smell that and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I could smell my, it's like my grandmother's in the house. Home smells like hot dogs. I just got that text. I don't, I don't know that that's a good thing, but that's a thing. A new car smell. Awesome. What else is coming? What else we got? What else we got? Smoked ham at my grandma's. Yes. I love it. I want to see them. I want to keep them, keep them coming. Wet puppy smells. Okay, I don't know where you live, but uh, all right, that sounds that sounds good. Wood floors, bacon, cooking. Oh, this is fantastic. One of my favorite smells of home is Old Spice. My grandfather wore Old Spice, and I remember anytime I smell that Old Spice, it's this just he just held me up in his lap, and I can remember just smelling that Old Spice, and it was such a powerful thing to me to be wrapped up in his arm. The smell is super powerful. It's the most powerful of all the senses, and it's because of all kinds of reasons. I'm going to go through some of those. First, memory, right? You, you remember these things about home when you smell a particular smell so strongly attached to memory that you could actually be out in the middle of nowhere doing something completely different and have some kind of smell that brings about, positive or negative, some kind of former experience for you. It's incredible. It's like a trigger for emotions and memories. It can be really, really helpful because also 
Smell helps you to know when something stinks. That can help you keep, keep you safe, right? So you know not to eat or drink it. For example, anybody ever have milk that's in the fridge and you like, you kind of, it's been a minute in the fridge and you pull it out and you do what you do, sniff test. Oh, and you know it's either good or it's not good. I don't, I don't drink milk, so I don't really know, but I think that's a thing. By the way, I also found out this past week, that the gallon jugs have these little indentations on them, right? You've seen those little indentations on the sides? When the milk goes bad, those pop out. I didn't know that was a thing. They, they pop out. All right, I didn't know. That's, that's a thing. So there's, you can turn off the sermon now. You learned something today. Melody, my wife, was cleaning this, uh, this travel mug that I think one of my kids had had. And she was just kind of going through and some cleaning some stuff in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, I turn and she is just gagging, absolutely gagging and thinking, why did I have to smell that? You know when something smells bad Amen. to avoid it, to avoid it. I remember when, uh, when she was pregnant and, uh, and we were, um, uh, it was like we had uh, one dog. and his, Her name was Elsa and she's a sweet little dog. And she go down and she was trying to like pitch in and do things for the family. And, dude, I remember her on several occasions going down to feed the dog, and the smell of dog food when she was pregnant would turn her stomach so fast she would run in the other direction. Smell is a really helpful sense. It helps us to know when there's danger. Think about this. Have you ever been in a place where you've been outside and you smell fire, right? Or, or, or God forbid, you've had that in your home and you smell fire, you smell smoke, you know that there's danger. Or if you're out walking in the woods and you smell a skunk, right? And you're like, oof, I got to be paying attention which direction to go. Or maybe you've smelled natural gas before. Anybody ever smelled natural gas kind of out? It smells like rotten eggs, kind of that sulfur smell. If you ever smell that, call the fire department. They're really, really, hey, you learned something else today too. So when you smell natural gas, what it smells like. But when something stinks, it helps you to know to immediately change direction. It helps you know to run away from that nasty travel mug that hasn't been emptied in a way too long. Helps you to know to go in the other direction when you smell fire or natural gas or something that's ultimately danger. It helps you to know how to change direction. We're looking at John chapter 12 today. We're looking at verses 1 through 8. And I invite you to open up with your Bibles. I'm going to read from the New International Version this week, the NIV. Um, But you read whatever version that you've got, and we'll read along together. Chapter 12, John chapter 12. We'll put on the screen for you as well. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Remember that. Here was a dinner given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Interesting that they mention that twice. Keep that in mind. When Mary took out a pint, then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it out on Jesus' feet and then wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she would have saved this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, 
Thanks be to God. Now, you guys know I love details. You know I love details in Scripture. I get stuck on details in Scripture. I'll be going, and I'll, I'll kind of read the passage through, then I'll read it through a number of other times, and then these details start to just almost punch me in the face. And I want to highlight a number of these details because the good news that's written in this Scripture makes a lot of sense for us today. First thing, uh, I, you all know I love Jesus Christ Superstar. It's like this old movie musical from the 70s. I don't like musicals. I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with them. I don't know what the deal is. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's a thing for a lot of people. But Jesus Christ Superstar is always spoken to me. And I remember in this moment where she comes and does this, right, this Judas guy, I mean, it's just amazing, powerful voice. Hey, 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 woman, you're strong, brand new and expensive, should have been saved for the poor. And I just remember hearing that being like, oh, man, he's just coming after her. And then all of a sudden, Jesus dives in and stops it right there. But Judas wasn't that far off. Stay with me here for just a second. Judas really is kind of scared in this moment, not only because of the amount of money that's lost, but this is a woman touching a man, touching a man in a, in a generally kind of intimate way. As a matter of fact, it's also that she's touching the rabbi, which is even crazier in this time, that a woman would even be in a place to do something like that. It's way outside the lines. That's detail number one. Detail number two. Judas nailed it too. This was a lot of money to spend on this perfume. Think about this. He said it was worth a year's wages. Now, oftentimes we just kind of skate right by that, right? But how many of you all in your home own like a, what's the average American income, 30 to 50,000 somewhere in there, that you have a 30 to $50,000 pint of liquid? Anybody? I mean, if you do, cool, share, <laughs> but Oh my gosh, that's, that's crazy. She probably, think about this. She probably spent all that she had. She probably saved and saved and saved, and she had to have something to live on, so it meant that it took her years and years probably to make enough money to set aside how in the world she did this and then bought this pint of perfume and gave it all to her Lord. The reason that we have this detail, the reason that they wrote down what Judas said was because this was about radical love and hospitality. Number one, for her to even do this at all, and Two, to let her do it, that Jesus would let her in that close. Think about this. This is a lot of money. This was probably, it says, pure nard, which means that most likely what she would have done is she would have made smaller bits of this by putting water with it, and then she would have sold it as part of her business, as part of her livelihood, as part of her income. This was like possession with intent to distribute. Seriously, a pint of this pure stuff so that she could make a living off of it. This was her own small business, her own livelihood, her own savings, her probably her most valued possession by far. And she pours it out for Jesus. She pours it out for Jesus. The third thing, this perfume is intense. Nard is super intense, musky. It's got this just really, really deep depth of character. Now, I don't know about you, but how do you put on perfume or cologne? Are, are, you, um, are you teenager style, right? Where you're like, <laughs> I 
I don't know. I just feel like I should keep going. Are you the elegant perfume? You know, just a little. I'm all ready to go. Either way, <laughs> I bet I bet even you teenagers can't use an entire bottle of perfume in one sitting. Have you ever dropped one of those? Have you ever dropped a bit of cologne, like a bottle of cologne somewhere, or had one break or crack open and then bit in the floor? And then your house in that particular area smells like that forever. We have air fresheners at our house because we have two dogs and we don't want to go nose blind to dogs. That's a big thing. But walking by it sometimes will like knock you down. When you walk into my house, sometimes, we, especially when they're like brand new and we just put them in, it's like, hey, poof, elbow, right to the face of this perfume, this smell. It just knocks you over. Think about this. This is a pint, a pint of pure nard perfume. Now think about that. She pours it all out onto his feet in her hair. Going forward from this moment, Jesus walking into the room would have brought this intense, incredibly intense smell. It would have hit you right in the face when Jesus approached Probably, he even smelled this same on the cross. So as everybody came close to the cross, they would have smelled this perfume. Fourth detail, Lazarus was there. Yep, that guy, that Lazarus. He was dead. Like a little bit ago, he was dead dead. And now he's sitting at the table with them. They make the point of telling us this twice. Twice we hear that Lazarus was there. Yep, the one that Jesus he, yeah, and yet where was he? He was actually just reclining at the table with everybody. The dead guy was there. He was dead. This had to be crazy for people because the people in Bethany would have known that Lazarus was dead and they would have known that Lazarus came back to life. They would have known that that guy that's standing in front of them was dead a while ago. And they had to have had their heads spinning to think about what in the world is even going on that there's a dead man who's now alive sitting at the table with us. But from now on, from this moment forward, think about how powerful smell is. They're going to associate this perfume with resurrection. They're going to associate this smell with resurrection. Think about what that means as they approach the cross and they stood there and that smell, I'm not saying it's in scripture, I'm just saying it's likely that Jesus still smelled like this perfume. As they approach the cross to see their dying Lord, in their minds is going to be Lazarus sitting at the table with them. And they're going to remember the smell of the meal, and they're going to remember resurrection. Brothers and sisters, if that doesn't preach to you this morning, I don't know what will. That those things are connected. Resurrection, the meal, and Jesus. The fifth detail. I know you're not supposed to go past like three or four points, but I'm going I'm to stay with it. Heavenly meets earthly in this scripture. It's a change, right? This is a Hellenistic culture, which is, a, which is an understanding of, of how things kind of worked. It was like the gods and the humans, and they were very, very different. They were very, very separated, right? And the head was the highest and closest thing to the sky. So the head was the most heavenly part of you. That was the most heavenly part, and your hair even more so, right? And your feet were the most earthly. Those were the things that connected you to the gross, to the dead, to the ground where people were buried. That's that connection there. So feet meet head. She takes her most 
heavenly and places it on his most earthly. It would have shaken people up like nobody's business that she was doing this, number one. She's a woman. What's going on? There's a dead guy that's now alive. Oh my gosh, that's an incredibly large amount of perfume that now smells up this entire house. And oh my gosh, she's touching him with, with, with her body. Now She's put her hair on his feet. This is crazy. Feet were gross. You would step in nasty stuff everywhere you went. They had to be incredibly stinky. It gives, she gives all that she has to make that stench change. She's, she's giving of herself too in wholeness and humility to change. But wait, there's more. In John 13, just a chapter later, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Jesus washes the disciples' feet just a few verses later in this story. Remember, this was six days before the Passover. This is leading right up to the moment of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and ultimately resurrection. Now, you can't tell that story of John 13 without talking about John 12, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, when he put himself in the place that would have absolutely shocked them just a few days before. Now Jesus put himself there too. Jesus' act of servanthood would have made them think about Mary and the perfume probably still smelled like that as he was washing their feet. Perhaps that was why Peter was so ambivalent about Jesus not washing his feet. There was an outsider that did that for you, Jesus. You're not an outsider. You're one of us. That's, you, you belong up here, not, not down there. Don't touch the earthly with your heavenly. This was a woman. You can't put yourself in that position. But the acceptance of love and grace from this outsider shows the disciples what it means to welcome those different than you, those on the outskirts, those that don't belong, those that shouldn't be in that place of humility. Jesus was a consistent leader in social justice matters, often turning social systems and constructs on their head. But in this particular case, it wasn't Jesus first who did that. It was Mary. And then Jesus, as he served the disciples, they would have been thinking about Mary and what her gift to Jesus was. And that then Jesus reflected that gift to all of them. Mary takes death, the stinkiest, most disgusting part of our human condition. You know what death smells like. You've driven by roadkill. You've been around it. You know it's disgusting and awful and gross, and it knocks you over like a forearm in the face. She takes death and makes it fragrant with service, grace, and mercy, and then so does Jesus. Right now, it feels like our nation kind of stinks. Our world right now, it kind of stinks. It stinks like abuse. It stinks like oppression. It stinks like death and anger. 80% of all Americans, I saw this poll this week, said it's, they think America's spinning out of control right now. So much division, unrest, and hurt. <laughs> but here's the thing. We've been given a gift, church. And it's worth more than you could ever think about spending. You know what it is? It's you. It's you. 
Look at somebody in your house or in this worship space. Tell somebody it's you. It's you. It's you. You are a gift to a broken world because Jesus is within you. Jesus claimed you in the waters of baptism and you, church, have the gifts that the world needs right now. If you have a voice, use it. Silence is complicity. If you have arms, use them. Pick one another up. If you have time, use it to build relationships and stand with the oppressed and quit trying to make them qualify why you should. Just stand with the oppressed and listen. And if you have feet, walk with them. Walk alongside them in their hurt. Because if you have the perspective to say, man, this, this stinks, then take your greatest gift of the Lord and start pouring it out on others. Jesus gave himself up to change the course of creation. And it really stunk at the time. I mean, think of what life meant before Jesus' death and resurrection. It was full of, full of pain and, and grief and, and hurt and loss and, 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 and even not even knowing what hope is because we could never live up to what we could have supposed to, what we were supposed to be. But it changed the world. Jesus' death and resurrection, this moment that we're about to see in this scripture changed everything, all of us. Now we get to return that blessing, church. That's who we are. Remember that the blessing poured out for you. Do you remember that the blessing was poured out for you? Good. Now pour it out on the lost. Pour it out on the oppressed. Pour it out on the enslaved. Pour it out on the hearts of the broken. We get to use our gifts, our voice, of arms and feet. Sisters and brothers, you are even more precious than Mary's perfume. You are more precious than any of Jesus' pride. You are more precious than all the wealth in the world. And not just you, but all of those that you don't necessarily like to be around. All of us. So now, church, pour it out. Pour it out on the feet of Jesus because Jesus says, when you have served the least of these, you have served me. And take a risk. Take a risk to put yourself out there to serve those who are oppressed and hurt and in need. Mary did. Think about it. She could have been thrown out of that room for coming close to Jesus and touching him. Thrown out of that room. We've seen crazier stuff in scripture up to this point. She could have and maybe did take the risk to lose her entire livelihood. Any, any money that she was planning on making to support herself, gone. She could have been ostracized by her community for touching her hair to a person's stinky feet. She gave up her pride too. But when she got the chance to pour it out for Jesus, she did. When she got the chance to turn stink into beauty, she did. When she got the chance to serve her Lord, she did. When she got the chance to change things, she did. And from that point forward, it's most likely that whenever anybody got close to Jesus, even as he's taking his last breaths on the cross, they would smell that beautiful perfume, the sweet aroma of grace and mercy made manifest by Mary's sweet gift to pour it out.
Sisters and brothers, today is the day. This is the hour for us, church, to pour it out. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.